Reno. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars. I'm Randy Cardoon. Everybody has a car story. Just a reminder, if you subscribe to our iTunes page, we'd love a review and a rating. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, give us a like and share us. If you'd like, leave a message. Also, follow us on our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and check us out on YouTube. This week, a totally different Talking About Cars, where it's not about the owner, per se, but about the car, celebrity cars, cars from TV shows. And I'll take you on an audio tour of the recent Glendale Cruise Night in Glendale, California, where we'll get some great car stories from owners of really cool cars and a brush with a possible celebrity-owned car, a celebrity from the old Carol Burnett show. But first, I'm guessing you've either seen the TV show or the movie Starsky and Hutch, featuring two big city police detectives zipping around town in a 70s Ford Torino with that wild stripe on the side. Simi Valley, California resident Lou Ciciari drives a Starsky and Hutch clone. But his story includes a bunch of great celebrity car history. That's what it all started. I was a fan of the original show. And of course, the you know, you got Paul Glazer as Starsky and David Soule as Hutch. And then there's the car, which was also a star in itself. And uh, I remember as a kid, you know, thinking that's a really cool car, you know. And uh, I fell in love with the car and watched the TV series. And then the series was gone and life goes on. You know, I've always driven vans because of my disability. And I was starting to get really kind of sick and tired of driving vans. Cause I, well, for those who don't know, you go ahead and state your disability and how that happened. Yeah, I lost my legs at the age of seven, both legs due to a very rare uh, allergic reaction to penicillin. Yeah, so it caused me to bleed internally, and uh, they had to amputate my legs to save my life. So, But uh, as life went on, yeah, I was just driving vans, you know, all the time. And finally, uh, I said, you know, I'm really tired of driving vans. I want a car. I'm a car guy. And I started looking around, and I said, it's not going to be just a regular car. This is going to be a special car, you know, maybe a nice 69 Camaro or a hot rod. And then the movie came out, Starsky and Hutch, with Ben Stiller and uh, Owen Wilson. And I went to go see the movie, and it's a spoof on the TV series, and then there's the car. And I fell in love with the car all over again. So I did a little research and, you know, started looking around. I found a guy out in San Diego. The name of the business was Zebra 3, and he builds cars for a living. And the cars that he built are the Starsky and Hutch cars. So he was in San Diego. I went down, took a ride, looked at the car, fell in love again. I said, okay, this is it, you know. And, and I remember uh, actually at the same time I found a nice Camaro that I really liked. And my wife said to me, it's either the Camaro or the Starsky and Hutch car. And my daughter, who was about, oh, I don't know, 13, 12 or 13 at the time, she said, Dad, if you're going to get a car, get the Starsky and Hutch car. It's a much cooler car. So that took me, that was fine. I had no problem with that. So I went down to San Diego, bought the car, and uh, the first, actually this is the second Starsky and Hutch car I've owned. This, the first one was a 76, and this one's a 74, has a few more goodies on it, so I sold the other one. But, uh, is that the one that I see at other shows in the area, or did it sell out of state, or do you know what happened uh, to it? It sold out of state. I think it's up in Oregon somewhere to a very nice guy. But, uh, you know, we're, we're everywhere. See, when I bought the car, I didn't realize that at the time, but he told me that now I've been uh, formally initiated into the family. And I said, what family? I'm Italian, so I wasn't sure what he was talking about. Which family are we talking about? 
And there's a website called StarskyTorino.com. A good friend of mine, John Quirk, runs the website. If you go on there, you'll see over three or 400 owners of Starsky and Hutch cars, not only here in the United States, but all over the world. And we're one big family, happy family. And I've gotten to know a lot of people. And of course, there are a few people that in Southern California that own these cars as well. And uh, But I'm the only one out in Simi Valley that has a Starsky and Hutch car, so I'm the only one. So you own that territory. I own that territory. That's my territory. <laughs> And the other thing that happened, too, is that when I was at a car show, a friend of mine came up to me and told me about this uh, movie car group that Nate Truman runs. And so I joined up, and you got a bunch of guys that get together with their movie cars, and you'll see us. Uh, the fun part is, is going to shows, and we usually go to charity events, hanging out together, and you'll see Starsky and Hutch there with the Batmobile, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, Herbie, uh, Dukes of Hazard. And uh, we just have a great time. You know, I always get fascinated by how these cars came to be star cars. I mean, obviously because of the show. Right. But then you go back to when they were first coming up with the show and saying, okay, what are we going to run? Are we going to run a Camaro? Are we going to run it? As best as you know, based on, on your association with the club, what is the company line as far as how this, how they decided to go with the Grand Torino on this show? Well, when they, uh, when they were starting to make the show, the pilot, um, I heard that the original car was supposed to be a Camaro, green Camaro, because one of the producers owned that Camaro. That's always how it is. <laughs> and, then someone, and then someone said, we need to get a really nice looking, sharp looking car. And so they went out and they looked around and they found this Torino that was red. And they said, well, we need to do something with it. And someone put the stripe on it. And then that's, that's how it came to be. And they, heard they, they brought the car. And uh, what was really interesting was that Paul Glazer, Starsky, hated the car. They both hated it. And they just, and, you know, they're saying, are you kidding? We're detectives. We're supposed to be driving this. Of course, this car doesn't stick out, does it? No, no. And you think about detectives, <laughs> you're talking nondescript. They're always driving around in a four-door version of a cop car without any lights. or any. So so how do you do undercover work on on Zebra 3? Yeah, so they actually hated it. Matter of fact, Paul Glazer even said if he ever got the chance, he was going to crash it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, all these little things that I think a lot of people don't know about. And by the way, Paul Glazer has... Uh, seen this car a couple of times and signed it for me as well as well as uh david soul and i even got linda carter to sign it for me because he she was in an episode of starsky and hutch so she sat in this car and i did not know that yeah you can see her signature right on the sun visor there up there so very nice very nice lady but Bernie Hamilton isn't around. It would have been nice to get his signature. Yeah, Bernie, a uh, great guy. And, uh, of course, uh, there's also uh, Huggy Bear, Antonio oh, Fargus. Right, and Fargus. he has signed the car as well. Where did he sign it? Uh, most of the signatures are on the trunk lid. Uh, John Schneider, I actually met him here at a Motor for Toys event. He came, and uh, he walked right up to me and he said, I've always wanted one of these. And we talked. And he says, you know, he goes, you got to watch the very first episode of Dukes of Hazard. He says, there's a Starsky and Hutch car in the very first episode. I went, you're kidding. And so I checked it out on YouTube, and sure enough, there is a Starsky and Hutch car in the very first episode of Dukes of Hazard. 
Give me the context. Uh, what, what was it doing there, or was it just in the background? They were, uh, no, they were on some kind or, of... Or did Starsky and Hutch have a case, and they, had in, <laughs> they ended up in Georgia? No, they, were, they were chasing the Duke boys. <laughs> no, so, I don't know, they were on, the, there's a group of cars all together driving somewhere in a little convoy, and there's this one guy driving a Torino that's red with a white stripe. And I went, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. So, John signed the trunk lid of my car too so i've got a, quite a few signatures there and oh he's a nice guy also he's a car guy also sure. so that's basically this little bit of the story here about this car as far as the the tv series when they told you that they had the car down in san diego and i guess they had to go buy one or find one or whatever i assume this wasn't an original red paint kind of car did they give you any background of where the car came from yeah this car originally was green and it came from michigan so they stripped it all the way down, of course, and then rebuilt the car, and uh, it runs really nice. It's, uh, I've actually had other mechanics drive the car, and they get out of it, and they go, wow, I can't believe how well this car runs for a 74 Ford. And so I, you know, I take good care of it. We keep it in the garage and maintain it, and uh, it's a lot of fun to drive. It's like what I would call driving a celebrity, because no matter where we go, we get people that will either, while they're driving, take pictures of the car, which is dangerous. I was going to say, if I sit, especially the guy behind the wheel going, hold on. Makes me a little nervous. And then, uh, you know, there was one time uh, a lady jumped out of her car. I happened to drive to the grocery store. I felt like driving to Torino. And uh, she jumps out of her truck. And she says, can I take a picture of your car? My daughter is in my, in, in my truck, and she loves the show. And she's too embarrassed to come out and take a picture. Is it okay? I said, sure, no problem. And this stuff happens all the time. And so it's, it's actually kind of fun. If it wasn't the Torino, if it wasn't the Zebra 3 uh, celebrity car, what's your other favorite celebrity car, your most favorite outside of this? Celebrity car? The Batmobile. Um, I actually got to sit in the original Batmobile with Adam West when I was eight years old. Um, Tell me how that happened. Well, my dad, uh, he was a hairdresser, and he knew a lot of people. And, of course, I was a Batman fan. And one day he comes home from work, and he says, do you want to go meet Batman? And I looked at him, I thought, you're kidding me, right? And he goes, do you want to go meet Batman? I said, sure. So my mom took me to the set where they actually did the filming of the original Batman series. And I even remember which episode I got to see because it was the very first episode that Batgirl made an appearance. And it hit me because I kept looking at her. I'm going, who is this girl wearing bat clothes? Is that Batman's girlfriend now or what? But it was Batgirl, and that was the first episode. So Adam West, very nice man. He, uh, we talked for a little while, and he says, would you like to come sit in a Batmobile with me, and we'll take some pictures. I said, sounds great. So we sat in the Batmobile. I still have the pictures, and uh, then I got to take a ride in the Batmobile around the lot. How great is that? Oh, How great was that? It was, it was a lot of fun, something I'll never forget. The coolest thing that ever happened was after a show that I did with Paul Glazer, um, his agent called me, and he was at the uh, Pomona show, the Hot Rod show out there, and he says, Lou, we need your Torino. Paul Glazer would like your Torino to be there because he was doing a book signing. Would you go? And I'm like, sure, I'm there. So we went, and uh, we hung out all day long, and I got to watch him talk with kids about his new book, and it was really kind of interesting. And, and then on the way home, 
um, driving on the freeway. And, you know, people react to the car all the time when they see it. They wave at me, you know, thumbs up, take pictures. Well, here I am, I'm, a, I'm approaching a car that's on my right. I'm in the number one lane, the car's in the number two lane. This guy sticks his arm out of the window and gives me the thumbs up. I look in, it's Paul Glazer himself. <laughs> I just started laughing. I thought, how cool is that? The original Starsky's giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> wow. So that was a lot of fun. Sure, it's not the original, but it sure looks that way. Lou Cicciari, he owns the Starsky and Hutch clone Torino. Another TV star that relied on star power for a four-wheel co-star was Knight Rider. Sure, you know the original one with David Hasselhoff. It featured that early 80s Pontiac Firebird. But there was a much later Knight Rider that in 2008 featured Kit as a Ford Mustang. You know, complete with the light on the hood that kept going back and forth. Richard Morey actually owns one of the original cars from that short-lived TV show. I never thought I would ever have a, a car that was actually used in a movie or a TV show, but I've always liked Mustangs ever since I was a kid, and I always wanted to get that Mustang that I could never quite afford just the right car. And then this one just came up for auction in, uh, about five years ago, and uh, I went to see it in person, and it was beautiful, and I had to have it. You say auction. Where, who was auctioning it and where? It was uh, an auction that was organized uh, for some charity, and uh, uh, they had a lot of... Uh, uh, Bob Gale donated a lot of things from Back to the Future, and that's what attracted me to the auction at the first. And when I started to look at the auction catalog, I saw that this Knight Rider car was in there, and I thought, huh, I need to go look into that. And uh, I went to the auction, and I bought it. I would, can I ask how much uh, something like that would cost? Uh, with uh, auction uh, hammer price and with taxes and fees and then little repairs I had to do, the things weren't quite right. Uh, it came out to about 50000 But then, then again, you're getting a piece, it's not just a Mustang, you're getting a piece of television history. Yeah, it's unique. Yeah, that's what, uh, yeah, it's not just a Mustang. This is the Knight Rider. Now, were you a big fan of the show at the time? Uh, no, actually the new show, I had completely missed it. Uh, I remember I wanted to watch it because I saw the advertising for it and then suddenly it was gone and I didn't pay, I don't know, I was watching other things, I guess. <laughs> now, the first Knight Rider, did you watch that? And did you, were you a fan of that? Yes, way back when. Oh, of course I wanted that Trans Am. Oh, I wanted it so badly, but <laughs> no, I never got that car. Can you tell me, just out of curiosity, who the guests or the stars were of the second one? Do you remember? Yes, on the second show was Justin Brunig. He was the, the, he, yeah, he was the the son of, supposedly the son of David Hasselhoff. So he's Michael ah. Michael Knight Jr. <laughs> okay, okay. Did they say who the mom was? Uh, yes, she actually shows up in the pilot. It was some actress I don't know. But Wasn't Rebecca Holden? I or, no, no, no. no. Okay. I've met her, and no, she definitely was not. <laughs> okay, so you get this car, and when you first got the car, you went. You won. You found out you won. What was the reaction? I was thrilled. I was actually jumping, physically jumping up and down. <laughs> you finally got it delivered. You took charge of it. You took ownership of it. What was the first thing you did? Uh, the first thing I did was actually just park it in my garage, and uh, I went on the Internet to research as much as possible about the car. I didn't actually want to touch it or do anything at all to it until I fully knew everything about it or as much as I could gather from the internet. Now, I'm trying to remember on the second show, uh, the first show had the voice. 
William Daniels played Captain Nice. Look that yes. up in your Funkin' Wagnalls. Oh, yeah, Look it up on video. There's a show called Captain Nice where William Daniels is this nebbishy guy who even gets lives with mom, gets bullied by everybody, and then one day becomes Captain Nice. And it was on NBC, and I seem to remember it lasted for about... Oh, probably as long as the second Knight Rider show did. I don't know, maybe even less. He was the voice of the first car. Yes. Was, who was the voice of the second car, or was there a voice? Yes, there was a voice, and it was Val Kilmer. Was it? Yes. Val Kilmer. Absolutely. I did uh, not know that. know that, right. <laughs> really? Val Kilmer. Wow. I didn't know. Okay. So, did, did the car come with Val Kilmer's voice anywhere on the car? No, I wish, and I would like to meet Val Kilmer and maybe ask him to record a little something uh, special for the car. <laughs> oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So, now, just to remind, for those people who don't remember the show, uh, the Pontiac in the first show, the David Hasselhoff show, had a completely different dashboard, had all sorts of capabilities. Does this Mustang have the same dashboard, a different dashboard? I, I, I have seen the interior, so there are some differences in it. Well, their idea on this more modern car was that all those electronics, all the special stuff would be heads-up display. So really, there's not a lot physically in the car. There's what they call an orb, which is a crystal ball, and uh, that would glow with red and white lights, uh, or red and blue, to uh, be the car speaking, the artificial intelligence speaking to the driver. Val Kilmer. Yes, it would be Val Kilmer's voice. Yes. Out of an orb, out of an orb on the dashboard. Yes, and then images would project up on the windshield or on the actually on the uh, on the hood of the car. So there's some sort of hologram coming out of the uh, orb or something. It's uh, it wasn't exactly that, and it didn't actually come out of the orb. We don't really know where it came out. It just appeared like a heads-up display, but pretty much two-dimensional, as far as I could tell from a 2D TV. I see. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what we all had, even though it was color. What changes did you make on the car after you bought it? Uh, all I did was fi fix the air conditioning and have the suspension replaced because it was lowered to make it look very cool on the show, but that was not practical for driving it on the street. So I had new suspension put in to raise it. And uh, just fixed a few things, but otherwise I haven't touched it because it's a uh, it's a prop. It's a TV prop. I don't want to alter it. Uh. You took it to a regular garage as opposed to you know the special night two thousand people that uh, Edward Mulhair I think worked at at the time. Correct? Yes, I took it to a regular Ford dealership, and so they fixed the regular Ford stuff because you know the other stuff is beyond their knowledge, so they couldn't actually touch any of that. Oh, okay. The night industries equipment. Night. Where do you find night industries nowadays? Uh, I, uh, I'm still researching that. <laughs> Anybody know where we can find Night Industries to work on the rest of that car? I've noticed you have a lot of autographs on the car. Uh, now, is that just of the second season or, or the second show, or do you get some of the first season uh, original people to do it? Well, uh, every, everything there is pretty much from the second season, but I have Rebecca Holden just because she's a wonderful lady and has a beautiful signature, so I had to have her <laughs> sign she, my dash. <laughs> when you asked her, did she think twice because it wasn't the Pontiac? No, I don't think so. No, good. no, she was good with it. It's all Knight Rider. Uh -huh. I guess that's kind of it. I mean, if you ever ran into David Hasselhoff, do you think you'd get him to sign it? Oh, yeah. No, he signed it. Oh, he my, did? My dash is signed by him and signed by Glenn Larson, too, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Oh, but Glenn Larson, he had some great shows. What was oh, it? Yeah. He had Fall Guy and he had... Galactica. Absolutely. Although I'd hate to sign the dashboard of that vehicle. That, that'd be kind of hard because it's a pretty big dash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you have the car and you joined this club. 
What do you notice about guys who have cars such as yourself? I mean, there I've interviewed some. We've had a chance to talk to some. Do, do you notice you guys have anything in common? Is it is it something where it's just a love of the car shows that you were growing up watching? What do you guys have a connection with? I think they're fellow nerds, and I'm so happy to have met them because I thought I was pretty much alone. Because I've done these things, these nerdy things, pretty much on my own and try to keep it a secret from my regular friends who don't understand this kind of stuff. <laughs> but now with these guys, I totally understand them and they understand me and I can actually communicate with people on the same level now. One subject you guys always talk about that you seem to have everything in common and you understand because like you said, you're on the same mindset. Well, we're just talking about little details of accuracy usually, but most of them are, have actually built their own cars themselves. So they're not like me where I bought it already done and I, I'm lazy. I didn't have to actually do anything to the car. So they're always talking about what they had to do to the car. And so I have some knowledge sometimes of what they're talking about on their particular cars too. So we just talk well, stuff like that. You bring up an interesting point because and you're in a group where you uh, have guys who are into the TV cars, the movie cars. Is there kind of like a fine line between the guy that has the car that was made to look like the TV car versus the guy that actually has the TV car like you. Yes, I think so. What I found is people who have the real cars, they seem to be more aloof. I want to talk to them, and they're just not available. I don't know. It's just but They're snippy and snooty? Is that what you're saying? No, but they're just not available, not as available. I see them come to shows, they bring their car, and I'm never able to run into them and actually chat with them, and then they're gone. It's, uh, that's, the, that's been my experience. So the regular guys are just the guys that buy cars and turn them, let's say, yes. into a Starsky and Hutch, the Rockford Files car. They're, they're a little more... Or, uh, easy to get along with. Yes, I think so. But it just may be accidental that that's been my experience because there have been so few people that I've tried to meet that I've actually been in shows with where they had real cars like from a Transformers movie or from other more obscure movies and uh, just uh, it's hard to find these people and then... Uh, and the name of the car club you're in is? Uh, well, there's a TMPCC, the TV and Motion Picture Car Club, and uh, then there's a Star Car Central, and that was a, a club started by Nate Truman many years ago, and I joined about five years ago, and that's specifically for the car replicas. TMPCC is more in a movie and TV industry kind of club. Outside of the car that you have, uh, and of all the other Star Cars out there, if you had a chance to get one, which one would it be? Oh boy, if I could just get anything, anything that I want, I, I don't think that's... Number one on your list, if, there, if money was no object... Yeah, it would be the car that originally got me into TMPCC to begin with. It was the original Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It was actually up for auction a couple of years ago here, and I think they wanted $2 million for it, and I don't think they got it, but it ended up getting sold anyway. And yeah, that would be my dream car from when I was a kid. So how did that get you into the club? because I just saw it on Facebook through other friends of mine uh, who were connected to TMPCC and I ended up contacting Ken and uh, chatting with him and he said, why don't you join our club? And so that's how a lot of things started rolling. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car. I never, now do you remember what that was, what the original car was? It was completely scratch built for the movie. It was a boat tail and it was inspired by uh, race cars from about 1910 because even in the movie that's what takes place it's a race car and then uh, Dick Van Dyke modifies it and makes it into a four-seater family car when originally it was just a little two-seater for racing I did not know that was that in the movie yes 
Yeah, the first I, half. I, hour I saw the movie when I was like in third grade. I'm the sorry. The first half hour of the movie is fantastic. The the finding the car, the kids playing with it, and modifying it, and then they they go off, and then the movie starts to get a little weird. But the well, beginning the, of the movie is pretty good. Well, then the part where he puts wings on it or something like that, it has the big wing well, on the bottom too. Yeah, I like that part. Huh? I hear Night Industries put that together. Is that true? <laughs> Uh, not as far as I know. <laughs> well, you never know, man. Maybe that company went back a long way. Okay, so uh, you ever thought about getting a second car? Uh, no, not really. And I only have space for two cars. And so right now I have this fun car, and then I have my daily driver. Which is? Uh, daily driver is uh, my a 1991 Pontiac Bonneville, SSE. And it was originally bought by my mother, and when she had a stroke, I got it. And uh, then eventually she passed away. But I've been driving the car ever since, and it doesn't give me any problems. So I just keep driving it and secretly wishing it'll die on me so I can go get something else. But I don't know what I would get otherwise. Maybe another Mustang? I can't tell. Because this Knight Rider was supposed to be my daily driver. I was going to get a special daily driver. Something special that I would really enjoy driving every day to work. And then I thought, no, this is too good. Too good a car to be using as a daily driver. Favorite part of the Knight Rider car? Oh, it would have to be, well, the scanner on front, the lights. The, the red light going back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's the life of the car. It's the heartbeat of the car. As Glenn Larson told me, it was the heartbeat. Uh, you, you got autographs from a lot of people. Yes. Uh, any reaction from any of the stars when they saw the car? Uh, not that I can remember. I think David Hasselhoff was really happy to see it. We actually took it to, we made a little show at his father's retirement home. And uh, he, he walked around and saw each of our cars and chatted with us and signed autographs for us and stuff. And I think he really enjoyed seeing my car there. Owner of the Knight Rider Mustang, Richard Morey. And finally, I keep saying on this podcast that everybody has a car story. Well, proving more than showbiz people and car personalities have car stories, I took our microphone to the annual Glendale Cruise Night in Glendale, California. We went live on Facebook Live on our Talking About Cars Facebook page, talking to the owners of some cool cars, like a 70s Nissan Skyline. A car that was made in Japan, never imported to the U.S., complete with right-hand drive, but somehow, its owner imported it here. Luis Hernandez. Luis Hernandez, a, a gentleman who brought this car. Tell me your story on how you got this car and where it came from. This one came from Japan, and I had this car for like six months. This is a really hot car, and it's hard to get it. Luis, where do you live? I live in, in Van Nuys. Okay, a nice young man like you lives in Van Nuys. How do you get a car from Japan? I there must be a story. Yeah, it's, uh, my friend bought it from Japan, so uh, and he went back to Japan and I bought it for him. Oh, okay. So that's the story, uh, and he gave me a good price, so that's why I, I got it. Why do you like this car as opposed to some of the other Nissans here and the Datsuns here? Because this is a unique car. You don't see these cars, I mean, a lot. Absolutely. No, that's absolutely true. And what's it like driving from the passenger seat? It's a little bit hard, but it's a lot of fun because when people see you driving on the other side, people start like got scared and start taking pictures or videos. Okay, I got to tell you, I have a friend of mine, uh -huh. uh, a cousin of mine actually, used to have an Australian car. Okay. And he used to have a, a spare steering wheel around the house and he'd put his kid in the passenger seat, which is really the driver's seat, and then he'd have the kid holding the spare steering wheel. You ever think about that? I did it once with my son. He's over there. Yeah. He's, two, he's 12, he did it, and people got crazy, like, why, he's driving that car? And actually when we go through, uh, 
to the McDonald's and go to the to the drive-thru, people got scared because he's ordering and when he, we pass by, people's like, what, what? We told he's driving the car. See, and you don't think regular people have car stories. Regular people have car stories too and we're gonna get some more of them here. Thanks, Luis, it's thanks true. for sharing, appreciate that. I'm not totally sure what year this one is. Let me check the license. 1937 Chevy, I know that because the license plate, if you look at the bottom right, says 37, and on the grill, on the grill, it says Chevrolet. See the USA in your 37 Chevrolet. Very cool car. That's kind of cool, isn't it? How great is that? This is a Plymouth. You could tell because it has the Plymouth logo there and insignia, and how about that? I don't think that came stock with Plymouth. I might be wrong, but I doubt it. 1931 Plymouth Coupe. So tell me a little bit about your car. It's a 1931 Plymouth Coupe. It's got a 57 392 Hemi. Board 30 overs, 398 inches. Now, I'm going to take a wild guess that you didn't actually buy it that way. No. It was all stock when I bought it. I bought it in 2000. It was bone stock. Where do you find a 31 Plymouth that's bone stock? I found it up in uh, by Santa Barbara. <laughs> So was that your idea originally to take it and turn it into something like this or did you just kind of have a brainstorm somewhere? Well, I, I didn't know what I was going to do when I first bought it. And then over the years, it just kind of developed into what it is now. I assume you've raced it? No. No, it's, it's too dangerous. No, I don't, don't want to flip it. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think you have a, uh, a roll bar in there, do you? It does have a roll bar, but... Who it, wants to try it out? Or, you know, there's, it's missing a lot of safety gear, let's put it that way. Hear you. All right, great car. Thanks for spending the time with us. And let's go down here a little bit, just a couple of bit more. And again, and check this out, this pink Riviera. How great is the pink Riviera? 65, is this yours? Come here. My name's Randy Cardoon. We were talking about cars. Our podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, let me get your name. Adi Munoz. And where are you from? From West Covina. Awesome. Tell me a little bit about how you got this car and how you turned it into this. Well, actually, I bought it from a friend, which was primered at the time, and the motor was frozen. And I basically took it home, put it in my driveway, told my wife what I wanted to do to it. She said, get this hunk of junk out of the driveway. Yes. <laughs> get it out of the neighborhood. So. All wives do that just oh, about, yeah. don't they? Except my lovely wife. She wouldn't say that. <laughs> but when she, when she seen it uh, come off the tow truck, the flatbed pulled up, and then she goes, oh, my God, I couldn't even imagine... What you were talking, she couldn't picture it. Is this officially a pink or what is it? It's it's actually magenta mixed with fuchsia with a pearl and candy in it. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to take a wild guess that this wasn't a Earl Scheib 1999 paint job. Uh, Mako. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, Duran's Custom in Baldwin Park, he's the one that painted the car. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess again that one of your kids is not going to college at Stanford in this coming year and is probably going to, oh, East L.A. City or something like that. Uh, yeah, How much is some? Give me a general idea what something like that costs. I probably have tied up into it about thirty-five, forty thousand. Really? But yeah, but if you look into this right here, yeah. he's got like seventy because he has his whole undercarriage done on his car. His car's frame off. 
So, yeah, you basically could eat off the bottom of this car. I'm impressed, though. I mean, this looks like a lot more than, let's say, a $30,000, $35,000 paint job. No, it actually, with I'm giving you everything with what oh. I put into the car. So it's actually yeah. less paint-wise than that. The paint job was $15,000, and that was at a deal. Wow. That was a deal. And that was basically because if you, I don't know if you're familiar with these Rivieras, it, it, the cow right there, it has an opening. I molded everything up. And there's no wipers, no mirrors, handles. Everything's gone on the car. Awesome. Great car. Thanks for bringing it out here today. You oh, did a great job. Did a I great job. It. We're on Brand Boulevard, and this is northbound. We were just taking a look at some of the cars over here. So let's let's head over here and look at some of these cars. Uh, and again, note there's a lot of people here. This is a uh, 1957 Dodge. And I'm just gonna look here. It's a custom royal, custom royal, so it's upgraded a little bit. This was uh, one of the first cars Dodge did in the forward look in the, in the mid to late 50s. Aside from some rust issues, these cars were actually kind of cool to look at. So let's take a look at some. Wait a minute, let's let's see if these are the owners over here. Hi, don't mean to interrupt. We're live on Facebook Live. Do you mind if I ask you? This is your car, right? Can I talk to you for a second? Okay, come on over here. Let me, let me get your name and where are you from? My name is Larry Golnick, live in Glendale, okay. right here in this community. So you didn't have to drive it far? Not far. Okay. It went to Burbank and back for a grandson's baseball game before I came here. Oh, so you really gave it a workout, basically. Oh, it drives all the time. Give us the story. How long has this been in the family? How did you get it? Oh, you don't have time for this. Oh, I do. This, Believe me, this, I do. This is a car like my folks had when I was a kid. Literally or kind of like? No, like it. Okay. Not the same car. Okay. It was always our family's favorite car. 35 years ago in 1982, I found this car going down the street in Tulare. A little old lady in Pasadena story. Sat in her garage. She was a widow. Her husband didn't drive. Put it back on the road for her sister to drive. I saw it. We pulled her over to the curb. I negotiated to buy it. So I'm not a car guy, but it's a sentiment thing, and I've had it ever since. Wow. And it's a, it's a fun car. There aren't very many of them, and I love to drive it. Tell me what you had to do to it, or was it like this when you got it? It was just like this. I did, I did repaint it. I did find the original seat cover upholstery to match the original. So my whole deal is to make it an original, keep it an original car. It's not customized. It's not a restored car and I drive it all the time. For this, you have to have people that know how to take care of it, but this car is so reliable, it's a cruiser. We've taken it up going back some years to hot August nights up in Reno, and uh, just drive it up there and back. Does it have AC? Uh, when the windows are open, yeah. When the windows are down, that's yeah, the that air conditioning. Right. Well, 1957 air conditioning, yeah. yeah right, okay. right. All right, <laughs> thanks so much for taking the time. Check out the Cobra. This is a neat one. Cobra here. I would imagine it's autographed by Carol Shelby. I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Oh, the, you do have a signature? Wait a minute, he's gonna show us the signature. I was gonna say, there's no signature on the dash. So the question is, we're live on Facebook Live. Excellent. And I'm Randy Cardoon with Talking About yes, Cars. You are. Yes, I, I am. I nice to meet you. Thousands of hours, thank you. Cool, there, you, there it is, take a look at this. It's right there. Tell me the truth, to the best of your knowledge, is it worth more to have it on the dash or on the on the uh, air, air cleaner? I don't think it makes much difference at all because Carol Shelby would sign anything. <laughs> so there's so many of his signatures out there. 
It's nice, but I'm not sure it changes the pedigree of the car. Let me get your name and what city you're from. Uh, my name's Ken Cross, and I'm from here in Glendale. Awesome. So how long have you had this car? How'd you get it? Uh, about a year ago, uh, we built the car. It's a, uh, it's a tribute car, Factory 5, uh, to, look, uh, to look like the original 65 uh, Shelby Cobra. Excellent. Okay, let me make sure I have your name again. Rudy Cardenas. Okay, Rudy, where are you from? Uh, we're from West Covina. Okay. Again, give me the story of the Ambassador, how you got it, and why. Well, um, my name is Rudy, and I was looking for a car. Actually, I was looking for a 65 Thunderbird convertible, but when I saw this one and it had all the R uh, logos, I, I had this uh, sign from Evan. I said, this this has to be my car. But so, uh, so you, had the, you had the Rambler, yes. and, and you thought it said meant R for Rudy, and you saw it as a sign. <laughs> Well, I had never seen a full-size Rambler, that's the thing. Ramblers, to me, were small and funny looking. But when I saw this one, I, it was it, I was hooked. Um, well, the previous owner had mentioned to me that uh, this car might have belonged to Tim Conway because he had actual paperwork uh, with uh, Tim Conway as one of the previous owners in Toluca Lake, so I'm, I'm guessing it's it's the Tim Conway. Oh, do you, do you have that paperwork? No, I don't. He was looking for it, okay. and he sent me a whole bunch of stuff, but he couldn't right, find cool. it. So I tried to research it, and I just I couldn't find it. So hopefully somebody can verify this. By the way, I asked Tim Conway on Twitter about that 65 Rambler Ambassador. He replied, quote, was there a ketchup stain under the passenger seat? If so, it wasn't mine. I had mine cleaned before I sold it. So Tim... Is that a yes? If you want to see what some of these cars look like, you can check out our Talking About Cars Facebook page. We've posted the Facebook Live feed. You can watch it and see exactly what these cars look like that we're talking about. Hey, if you're listening on iTunes, number one, subscribe. It's free and you'll automatically get notified when a new show uploads. Then rate us and write a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, like us and follow us. And then tell all your pals and fellow club members about the great guests and cool stories we have on all of our Talking About Cars podcasts. Also, check out our videos as we make the move to YouTube. Until next time, I'm Brandy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.